Hello. Uh, this is another episode. I'm not going to put a number on this because uh, that'll just lead to weird <laughs> things confusion. in the beginning. A lot of confusion. Uh, but welcome to another installment of the No Friends podcast. Before the it's even release cast, the, the cast that some say does not exist, if you will. But let me tell you about this cat because that's going to be my consistent thing. Got to mention cat at some point because that's every episode. And it's not even out yet, but they're coming. They're coming. It's like it's the old adage that if a, if a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it, did it really fall? Much like that. If a podcast is recorded but not released, Julian, can you call it a podcast? And so far, no. I wouldn't call this no, podcast. You haven't no, released it. But. No. no. You, you call it aspiring SoundCloud rapper. But uh, again, <laughs> with me is my good friend Christian. Say hello to the hey people. Hey, man. Look, it's good to be back. I was I did the episode uh, number whatever. You did the whenever. second time I recorded, and that was that was a different day, and the lights were off, and we're trying it with the lights on today. And like that darkness. was also probably the only real episode I've recorded with anyone else that right. has survived, because at this point, just to be all out there and get it out there, the boring stuff, I would say, because I know if I was listening to a podcast and they were like, yeah, I lost two episodes, I'd be like, okay. Well, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, maybe if someone gives a shit enough, uh, I'll throw that out there one day. They'll sadly sit on my computer. But the one guy I recorded with, Willem, Power Rangers extraordinaire fan, said that he would record with me again. And I'm sure my buddy Ahmed will come back and we'll we'll talk about being on the cover of cereal, uh, cereal boxes. And Can I ask you a shit. question quickly? But yeah, I was just going to say, take control. Like, <laughs> I'll give you that first. Like, I'll take the ball at some point, but go ahead. He's a Power Ranger super fan? Yeah. Like, how super of a fan is he, though? Like, when I was doing improv at the LA Connection, when I first got there in, like, late 2018, or, like, yeah, uh, or early 2018, uh, there was a guy who had done, like, voices of Power Rangers mm -hmm. in, like, old episodes. And when this guy joined us, he immediately recognized him. He was oh, like, oh, oh, it's that guy. And then that's when I started. I mean, I found out early because he was the other guy, you know, who would do voices. And I talked to him a little bit and I found out like, dude, he did background voices on like Gladiator and shit. You know? Oh, man. Like, I, I forget his whole name. His name is Michael. But uh, he, he's he's out there and he's he's working hard. He does anime stuff like he was almost in the new Resident Evil, the Resident Evil 2. He's he's done stuff. No, that's cool. I just I wanted to know legit like how what that constitutes to oh, be a super fan but of Power yeah, Rangers. He, yeah, right. Uh, he he knew who that guy was and he's just he still watches Power Rangers okay. and he's like, you know, late 20s. Like, and I don't judge, man. I like bad movies and other dumb shit. No, I'm not mad about it. I just want to know the extent to it. Like, is he the reason that the Yellow Ranger died originally? He's <laughs> like, it's not my, I don't like, I don't like her. We no, need a new Yellow Ranger. It, like, I don't, I'm not even going to say that it's the equivalent of, you know, that guy who was complaining about The Last Jedi. Okay. Going like, ah, oh, get Rose the fuck out of there. Fuck, fuck that Power Ranger. No, right, it's, right. it's nothing like that. I think it's just that he, he went to a Power Rangers convention, okay. that level, like, I think, like, that's funny, but, like, at the end of the day, I would not pay 60 bucks, you know, to go in that room and do that. Uh, yeah, no. Look, I write comics, and I fucking hate Comic-Con, you know what I mean? Like, I'm Really? Like, I've never gone, but I would like to see let's it. Let's go. Man. Let's go this July. We'll do it. I mean, I hate it because it's a fuck. It's welcome to the madhouse, dude, but it's it's a cool I mean, experience. But, like, how much, how much does it cost to... I mean, to do it right, it's like 200 probably. Yeah, to do it I right. Mean, just but for a ticket, though? That's like four days and like passes to conventions okay. and shit. It's not like, bad. Like yeah. the passes are pretty expensive, though, right? It's like 200 It's oh. not bad. That is bad, man. 
I don't know. I wanted to go to E3. I thought that that would be a fun thing because I've gone to the video game awards every year. I saw year, you. I saw you there. Dude, you'll, you can come with me if you want. Go for free. Let's go. But, uh, like, every time I go, I'll meet some, like, some people who do not leave the house very often, <laughs> like I can tell. And uh, they just, like, I was telling one guy how I was, or, like, my buddy who I'd run into uh, we were on our way home back to North Hollywood and I was telling him, I was like, yeah, dude, I heckled Steph Curry and he acknowledged me. Like I wasn't like yelling out like, Oh fuck you. You know, like something like that. But like he told a lame joke and I was like, and he acknowledged me. He was like, ha ha. I was like, ha ha. I stopped the flow. But, uh, I was just telling a friend about that. And then this guy like starts talking to us. Cause he's like, Oh, I was there too. And he had like a blanket and stuff. And, had all this collectible things. I just kicked the mic. Is that everything okay? I mean, yeah, probably. Okay, <laughs> just want to make sure. I'm just super paranoid now, and I don't care about like just stopping the momentum. Just go like, hey, other momentum. Is it all good? Yeah, it's it's totally fine. It's um, all good. Yeah, yeah. So we found uh, out the magic but, of editing. Sorry, yeah. go on. <laughs> uh, but the guy was like, yeah, I have. Uh, he had like this blanket and all this stuff, and I was like, how did you get that? Because I didn't get any collectible, and he he bought a ticket. Like I was oh, just. Yeah. A, I was just a seat filler. Like, That's funny. Like, and then he started talking about going to E3 last year. And I was like, damn, dude. Like, you went. Well, it was the last time he left the house. Like, he remembers <laughs> it. Like, it was yesterday, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was yesterday, so many months ago. Uh, he, uh, he was saying that he paid like 400 bucks to go for like two days to wait in line to play fucking Halo for five minutes. Right. That's nuts. That's but like fandom is 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 weird. I think like you really shouldn't cast this person's on any fandom unless they're like insufferable looking at you. Star Wars, Rick and Morty. Yeah, I was Marvel. Just say. I, you can keep going. I mean, like every fandom is pretty horrible, but like that's fine, I guess, in theory. Like you don't want to you don't want to make judgments on that stuff because it might really mean something to them. You know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I love games, too, but it's also having a matter of pride. Like, I guess. You know, you waste a lot of time playing video games. I guess you're like, whatever, I can w play games while I'm in line on my Switch, you know? Right. So. I tell you this all the time. Like, the biggest part of being, like, you know, a writer is like, oh, is it easy to write? It's like, it's not easy, but it's also not hard, necessarily. You know what is hard? Not playing video games or watching Law & Order all day. Because that is <laughs> way more fun and instantly yeah. gratifying than writing. That is and I think I've true. said it a million times. It's like, my quote is... Uh, like, I hate writing, but I love having written. Like, that's, I, I feel that way. Like, there's this weird, cathartic, like, oh, I feel so good about myself. But, yeah, Law & Order is way better. I, every time executive producer Dick Wolf, I'm just like, yeah, what am I doing? I'm a hack. Dick Wolf has been doing this for 30 fucking years across five networks. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, so. I mean, you'll get there. I mean, you're you're actually writing. It's all about, it's it's a long grind. And, and it's funny that we're like talking shit or at least I'm talking shit about this these fandoms when you know like I'm part of it number one and right. like that's also the goal like, the goal is to get a fandom like that sure I that's why it always like bothered me like this I'll make this make sense didn't uh, Green Day play at the video game awards you yeah. were at okay so Green Day is a really good example and I was just talking with my buddy about this too which is like Green Day hit in the mid 90s when like me and him were five years old like Dookie was 95 sure. or whatever right so like we we certainly knew who they were and like Seinfeld used it for the finale. And then I remember when warning came out, whatever. Oh, they did. Yeah. Time of your life. Good riddance or whatever is the final moments of Seinfeld. Was that written for Seinfeld? It wasn't written for Seinfeld, but Seinfeld was like, I know a good song when I hear it. And he snatched it and he fucking did, did it. Did they premiere that song for that episode? No, it was just 97. It was oh, when the album came out. Never oh, came out. But, yeah. So it was the 
year the album came yeah, out. Yeah, and they snatched so it. So it was fresh. It was fresh. It was right off the fucking grill, I'm, man. Yeah. From here on out, Green Day wrote a song for Seinfeld. <laughs> In your mind. Yeah, yeah. Concerned. If someone could disprove it, go ahead. That but is, until that day. <laughs> yo, Trivial Pursuit hit me up. That's a factoid for your ass. So they use it. And of course, like, we know who Green Day is, right? But, like, we don't know who Green Day is, really. And then 2004 comes around. I'm now a 14-year-old, not a 5-year-old. I'm in freshman year in high school. You know everything. American Idol comes out. Or American Idiot, not Idol. Holy shit, American Idol. American Idiot comes out. And suddenly, people who may have tangentially or peripherally known who Green Day was were like who the fuck is this band because every video every day like they, you know they have four or five different hits on that album right like I mean American Idiot still holds up I think it does yeah like I get shit for it because I know it's fashionable to hate on it but I at the time thought it was this really wonderful like concept album and as an older man I listened to it like I last mean, year and I was like fuck it's good here's uh, my copyright TM like, <laughs> quote for right. uh, for music you know all music sucks depending on your taste <laughs> like that's like, true right like, like some people they, listen to the beatles they hate it some people listen to biggie they hate it people listen to willie nelson they hate it like do, you know you can go to any genre listen to my most listened to songs right. on my spotify they'd be like why the fuck are you <laughs> listening to the aqua teen hunger force movie soundtrack it's a good soundtrack it's a fine soundtrack Dude, linoleum knife it's got by mastodon <laughs> like that is like you, you've seen that movie sure right? yeah yeah, yeah. One of, I think, my favorite experiences in theaters ever, like seeing the first five minutes of that movie with like the other six people there. Like I remember me and my friends went to go see Disturbia because my a <laughs> bunch of my friends did not want to see Aqua Teen and yeah. then we saw Aqua Teen. We need a palate like, cleanser. We go with Shia first. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf and then we go into the Aqua Teen. Yeah. But it was the whole don't talk, watch. Yeah. Like, oh my God, one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah. No, and I, I that well, I, I remember that experience too. It was so fucking surreal. That's like Adult Swim, which may be old hat now, but like I feel like our generation specifically got to kind of get in the ground floor of like when that was weird and like growing in punk rock. And just the mere thought that Aqua Teen would have a feature length film was like, what the fuck? They, they <laughs> like, were talking about doing another one, man. And I, that's, sh- that's one of those things where, that was canceled by their big CEO, and it's like, why? And and I think that this also speaks to what I just said about music. It's like, yo, everything, everyone has their shit they like and shit that they don't like. And for me, just I, seeing the evolution of Adult Swim to me, that's one of like the most inspiring things that keeps right. me going. Like, you know how kids are like, I want to be a YouTuber. It's like, I want to be an adult swimmer, bro. Right. Like, more than anything. Man. But like specifically adult swim. You don't just want to be an adult swimmer in the like Los no. Angeles fucking county no. pool or anything. Do you right? remember though how they, I was just thinking about it right now because I like just thinking is my earliest memory of adult swim. And I remember when I was really young, like at my grandma's house, like their, their style has just like evolved into just this like pure thing like it happened a long time ago I think. well they're very minimalist but I haven't like I don't watch it yeah. all the time now but do they still just do the black on white yeah, okay but I'm talking do you remember back in the, the day they used to have like a fat guy getting into a pool I like, was gonna say, I don't remember exactly a fat ooh, guy I remember okay. like 70s footage of like a pool somewhere and it's like <laughs> adult swim is starting get out of the pool and like blow the whistle really and, like, red letters similar to their font but not as like you know sterile right but it would just say adult swim and it it wasn't in the bracket. Yeah. So, uh, so what I remember is the exact same thing, which was like a woman over an intercom being like, adult swim only. Adult I'm, swim yeah, is I'm beginning. Sure and it was 
the, it was just this old fat guy, and it like it it went so tight on the jelly rolls, it was so disquieting as a as a youngster. And then he would just jump into the pool and put his little goggles on. It's like Adult Swim starts now, and oh, then it would be whatever. That is coming back to me. I've yeah, definitely seen right. that. It had like that look of like grain, right? Like that was shot on film. Right, right, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, and it's but like if my first Adult Swim, I mean, Aqua Tune is certainly early, but I think it was Home Movies by Brendan Small. Yeah. Which, by the way, profound fucking ending as a kid. I don't know if you've seen the whole thing. I haven't but seen the whole thing. I've seen like some of the best clips of John H. Benjamin, like when he's he was like amazing. He's always. narrating like the soccer games. That's definitely one of those shows. I mean, as a kid, like a lot of that stuff went over my head. It wasn't like until high school where I. I started really getting into Aqua Teen and I sure. started to like be like that on a silly level and just well like it. home movies was this really special thing because Brendan Small would go on to do Metalocalypse another important that adult swim yeah right but school. so but but that was so genre in a way where adult swims almost felt autobiographical so like the final episode of home movies um it, he like everything's kind of his mom is sort of dating coach McGurk who is H. John Benjamin and his friends and they're making a movie and he's shooting something and he's holding the camera outside of the window but like things are mostly good in his life like he was always making movies because it was he was a child of divorce and all this other shit like they never explicitly stated it but you kind of got that he was a creative because he was using this as a way to escape right mm-hmm. at the very end he's holding this camera out the window they hit a pothole and the camera falls and he just watches it as it you know, fucking is recording him go away. And it's this really cathartic moment where he should be freaking out, but he's not because for the first time he's like hopeful. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like it's a cartoon. I was a kid and I realized that it was super special and it meant something. And I'm like, you know, we, we get really obsessed with like production value a lot of the time. But if you have something to say, you can shoot it with a fucking iPhone. Fuck that. You can shoot it with an Android. Sorry if you have an Android uh, <laughs> and it'll still be this beautiful fucking thing. It really will. Cause the writing, the expression is what matters, you know, certainly acting, certainly directing all that stuff. It's a no, part of it. No, I, I but someone has to think of the thing to talk I mean, about. That's one of those shows, like, the thing that I love about art is, like, you can meander a lot and then at the very end put a button on it and have one sentence right. just make everything click. Right. Just like how you can do the reverse and fucking ruin it. Of course, yeah. But And you hear more about those than when people stick the landing. And I think that's the sad truth. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Uh, that home movies, that was, like, improv like that was all improvised right? a lot of it was yeah yeah brendan small would write outlines i believe and then they would just go into the booth and kind of do it in h john uh, john is i mean obviously from bob's burgers which by the way here's the thing i think of maybe i've said this and i haven't said this on the podcast whatever but i'm a simpsonite man like growing up my idea of humor came from two places it came from the muppet show jim henson's muppet show mm-hmm. which i saw in reruns yeah yeah i mean fraggle rock obviously all the jim henson shit and then it came from the simpsons like the simpsons has informed my idea of what's funny and shit like that dude i'll never forget when i found out that they finally were gonna do two episodes of simpsons every night six to seven i was like well like in syndication right like so we grew up when simpsons had already been around for like 10 years yeah and then we got like upn or or cw now or whatever it's called and they would play like hey there's two blocks of the simpsons at six to seven and again at 10 and 11 and you're like fuck but like you know, those are the things that like really uh, influenced my kind of fucking humor and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But those are really polished, you know. They look really good in and a it's, way. Well, like, they certainly have gotten better throughout the years. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's one of those. 
those things where like Adult Swim was so important because it, it was people that didn't have the budget to do what the Simpsons were doing. You know what I mean? And this is why I bring it back to Bob's Burgers with H. John Benjamin. It's like Bob's Burgers is the only heir apparent to the Simpsons. Where we talk about Family Guy, it's yeah, like, look, Family I, Guy I doesn't totally have the sensibility. Like, but there are episodes of Bob's Burgers that are as heartfelt as anything the Simpsons have ever like, done. You the know? first episode of, uh, of Bob's Burgers Bob is a way deeper character than everything we've ever gotten from Peter Griffin. Of course. Like Peter Griffin yeah. is like, eh, you bastard. And like, that's it. <laughs> right. Like, like he, he's a clown. And, and I think that that's like Seth MacFarlane is good at that, but like his characters aren't deep. He just writes like funny stuff, you know? Yeah. And listen, and, and listen, man, and the, world, bad. the world needs ditch diggers as my and father would you tell know, me. You actually you know? just reminded me of something. I'm curious what you think about this because this guy's on such a high right now. Uh, Dan Harmon. So there's actually, and he just put his hands on his chest, so I think that's a sign for love. Yeah. But Dan Harmon is actually releasing on Hulu, I think, his own platonic family or nuclear family uh, TV show, but they're aliens. Really? Did this yeah. get announced and I just yeah. missed it somehow? Yeah, I'll, I'll look okay, it up. I, hold on. I need you to understand who I am as a person. I have seen Harmontown live down at the, uh, at the uh, Dynasty Typewriter in they MacArthur st- they Park. They do it all the time. It's over. They canceled it. Oh, really? Or he stopped it, yeah. But I've got to see it like a couple of times. And oh, so that's awesome. I came here just to see those. Like Dan Harmon to me, and this is going to sound really fucking stupid, and I'm sorry to, to, to rant for a second, okay? No, it's fine. I'm looking this thing up so we can talk about it a little bit, but go ahead. Harmon for me was the first time that someone said, here I am, warts and all. Like as someone who is like, I constantly do. I think most people do. I hope so. You're also Jewish and I'm quarter Jewish. So let's talk about it. Like, I like to think that I have this this shame that I was born with. Right. Where I like I don't deserve good things and I don't deserve to to make artistic expression. I think think beyond that, though, I think I'm glad, bro. I do. Like, trust uh, me. I just I I think it's like (laughs) I I, know I I understand where you're coming from, because like, dude, religion in the way that it helps people, it's fine. But everything else is in the way in the way that it helps people. It's wonderful. But equally, it holds people back. I think a lot of the time your life has value because you bring joy to people and existence sucks. So just deal (laughs) with it, bro. But Harmon was one of the first people who was like, here I am, warts and all. He's going to tell you a story about how he was like verbally abusive to his girlfriend, not in a way that romanticizes it, but in a way that says like, hey, I really fucked up. I want to be a better person and I don't know how. But instead of pretending that I'm not a bad person, I'll put it out for the public to see. He's the only person who has a Me Too story that makes me feel like there's hope for the world, not because he did some horrific thing, you know what I mean, and and was able to redeem himself for it, but rather that he didn't run away from it. You know, like we all, I remember when Louis apologized for his Me Too shit and everyone was like, yay, Louis! Yeah, I mean, that, that was <laughs> like, that That was just a whole misunderstanding. I mean, I, oh, I found a nice picture of this thing, man, and I can't find it now, but it's, yeah, coming to Hulu, Alien Show. There was, like, a nice little poster. It's doing the whole thing that has become their art style, you know, with, like, the squiggly eyes. But the point is is that, like, another one of those is coming. So maybe he was inspired by Bob's Burgers. Because Bob's Burgers is, that's one of those shows that hasn't boiled over yet. Like, some of the fandom can be obnoxious for that. But it, yeah, most, it's, mostly it's they're good. Yeah, yeah, mostly they're good. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. So with Bob's Burgers, which is Lauren Bouchard, who did home movies, actually, mm. that's there. There you fucking get it. Right. It looks it's, like a more evolved version. It's Lauren Bouchard and Brendan Small. Brendan Small went on to do uh, Metalocalypse, which is a wonderful show in its own right. That's but like if we're being honest, what's going to last the sands of time? I would say Bob's Burgers has a better chance of doing that because it has I more. Think, I think that Metalocalypse will live in infamy. I think Metalocalypse because before the music is so the music good. is wonderful. Here's it's my beef so with good. it: it's an incomplete show. 
what, if they were to complete it properly, because the last thing Wasn't they did, there, they, they did the musical, but that didn't resolve the mythology of the band. Or like, like it didn't even really follow them, it didn't did, it? it? Well, it didn't. Like that's my whole point. So the, the didn't it just show the world ending though? I did it. Oh shit! Did I miss the last two I, minutes of this? I think like it just shows like the world blowing up and like, I mean. It's something like that, dude, that shows ahead of its time. Okay, let's do two things. Let's say it did do that. It still never resolved the Metalocalypse prophecy. That you remember the first time you're watching Metalocalypse yeah. and you and they, they the get to that well, to like Charles or whatever, his manager, and like I remember I think it's the season three finale. He gets killed by one of the revengeers, but then he comes back in the season four finale, and you're like, How the fuck is this guy alive? We saw him get killed, right? Uh, like I can never be killed. I love that motherfucker I, so I, much. That, like those characters so are so good. And that show today man because i went through it before because i saw them you know at right. the adult swim festival because i'm a huge fan. i've seen them yeah i've seen them live they're oh, great yeah, yeah yeah they should have gone on tour it's crazy they did they, that's how i saw them <laughs> no but yeah. like recently they should have oh, gone on sure, tour because sure, they sure, just sure. did that one amazing show for like an hour and a half and it's like all right right i'm go back to starbucks but so that's a show for me where it's an incomplete thing because they spent so much time talking about like the prophecy right but, like, but i was gonna say if that came out today i don't think that it would hold up or, or i think it would hold up it holds up but I don't think people would be okay with it. Well, There's what about a lot like of well, up stuff in it? Sure, but like it's in, in the so same vein, it. Venture Brothers, bro. Venture Brothers is a show. I'm not show. into it either, to be perfectly clear. Although uh, the the few things I've seen, I've really laughed at. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it seems so convoluted in its mythology that I would have to start in the beginning, and I can't do it. However, that is a show that has been around, I think, since 2005, 2006, and like the last it's season came out a, a year time. ago, right? It's only been a year since the last season. So they keep yeah, um, yeah. they keep putting seasons out in the different political climates and the cultures and stuff like that mm-hmm. to the point where it's like well maybe it would be i think adult swim is a place where you don't hear about the controversy as much as you hear about stand-up saying the wrong things because it might be low-key one of the last bastions of just like try to be funny man like sometimes you need to cross the line to find where the line is yeah. you know like I, I think it's i don't know i feel like a lot of their best stuff their heyday is gone you know like there was a time when like robot chicken was in its prime sure uh Aquatine. But to be fair, and here's the other king, the Boondocks, dude. Okay, something that they're talking about bringing back. They are. It's official. They're bringing it back. But but with Aaron Magruder, like Aaron Magruder wasn't there in the final season, and that's why it failed. I but think. But having the the late great actor who played Grandpa having sure. died, man. Right, right, like right, right. That that's a bummer, dude. They might be able to bring him back. Just archive his voice somehow. You know, I, I, like, I mean, dude. You know, sorry to shift gears like this, but have you heard? This Joe Rogan AI thing? No, fucking Joe Rogan's the worst. No, but I assume when you have a thousand hours of fucking material, people can make your voice say whatever no, you want. Someone took an AI and compiled it, and if you don't know that it's an AI doing it, you won't notice. Yeah, like, I mean, but that's where we're, that's where we're going. See, now I'm drunk, and you're gonna fucking make me talk about shit that scares me, which is like deep fakes and fucking all this other stuff, which is yes. like shit, man. It's getting real close to indistinguishable. <laughs> like yeah. I can't figure it out anymore. And once we figure out how to just put out misinformation like that, like I'm so scared of what happens to this I world, mean, dude. And then it it just becomes like more of like the way I'm starting to think about the internet. It's like the internet. We already need to think of it like how Ready Player One portrays it, you know, like this sure. other dude. It's sure, yeah, it's literally yeah. a fantasy. Once you're going in there, everything on that screen 
you can't take it as real. That's how I'm going to say it to my kids, dude, because we were talking about this sure. earlier off mic. You were saying how porn has broken people's brains. Oh, it has. And yeah. you're right, dude. Yeah. But if you have that mindset of like you are stepping into <laughs> some crazy shit, there's stuff in there. Dude, okay. there's newspapers out there. You can read the real sure. stuff. But there's also fucking nonsense and people jumping on light bulbs. Dude. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, listen, I'm laughing just because I pitched this the other day on my other podcast, which was just like, what if we created like a virtual world where terrorism was cool in that <laughs> virtual world? Like, sure, do a million 911s in the fake world. Just don't do it here. You know what I'm saying? Dude, and that was my pitch to it's, fix it's terrorism. Called <laughs> Call of Duty, man. Sure, it's we need there. what we need to do is take planes and airdrop fucking Xboxes, Playstations, <laughs> and Call of Duty for Al Qaeda in like that world so they don't want to kill us, you know? Like uh, oh fuck it. It's too much effort to kill the Americans. We'll just kill them on the video I game, mean, you know. God, wouldn't it be crazy if instead of spending twelve gajillion dollars on guns and billions and billions, you just like I don't know, made some houses for some people out there. Yeah, see, I've talked about that too, which is, so listen, when I moved here, I drove from the East Coast to the West Coast, mm-hmm. as I said on the previous episode of this, and um, what you find out immediately is when we talk about overpopulation, what we're talking about is overpopulation in urban settings, mm-hmm. uh, because I drove through Texas, and that was 11 hours of nothing like we can solve homelessness it's not a matter of like we're using the land it's the matter that we're like just not taking yeah, care this of really people. smart friend of mine was saying it's like yeah he said the exact same thing it's not overpopulation we're building upwards instead of outwards right there's plenty of space it's oh just, my god no one wants to uh, fucking go dude, there you, first of all the earth is 70 percent water right so we already have limited space but of the space that we have uh, one we and a half ourselves. percent or something like we have not used any of it so when we talk about overpopulation it's just like you look at Tokyo, which is like a microcosm, which is like, fuck, man, they just keep they just keep building up like that's not up to code (laughs) like that would get built in L.A., but it's going to get built in Tokyo. You know what I'm saying? And so it's this really interesting thing where it's like I saw I remember doing that trip and being like, God damn, like we could solve homelessness. Like I was the first person to ever think of it. Like we could solve homelessness, man, Man. which happened to me when I drove to Toronto, which is the first place we met when I was driving to Toronto, went to upstate New York, dude. And there was all these school there for a while. Did you? Okay, so I went to Fredonia State University. How desolate it is that it was bumfuck nowhere okay so i'm driving through a place called homer new york which homer simpson obviously uh but i'm driving through and i realized just so many abandoned but not condemned buildings like you can tell they're abandoned no one's tended to the land a long time but someone's in there shooting up heroin maybe sure because it's (laughs) upstate new york but what i thought was like you know good new york city is as a city that people would rather be fucking homeless in new york than to have a giant house in new york upstate new york you know i cannot imagine like already seeing homeless people in because uh, I didn't see a lot when I was in upstate New York like why would homeless people be around there right but- Dude, in Toronto, man, those yeah. fucking winters, bro. Oh, dude, so I was in old Toronto when I went there, which mm. is like what they call Heroinville, as I found out afterwards. What and street? Aptly tied. I, dude, I could Queen not remember. Street, it, it was near Queen Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it, actually where we ended up meeting that night was that same place, but like 15 blocks north. You know what I mean? It's the same fucking crossroad. One of those cities. I've, I've, I was around there long enough, and I knew enough people that I, I, I went places. Yeah, no, I mean, and look, I, I, first of all, Toronto was lovely and i fucking adored every minute that i spent there. Right. it was pretty nice i mean look i'm a new yorker and i was like oh shit clean new york it's awesome like yeah. i freaked out a yeah. little bit like you know 
But um, but so uh, you know, even though I like that, I was still struck with the idea that like, oh man, like homeless people choose to be homeless. Not really. That sounds so Republican. They choose to be <laughs> homeless in New York because they could have shelter in upstate, but upstate is so insufferable. They're like, fuck that, man. I'd rather sleep in a subway grate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's a whole other conversation. Like, <laughs> that's Julian changing the subject. Like yeah, Christian, I don't want to like, talk about yeah, homeless I don't people. Talk about that shit. <laughs> homeless people don't have friends, nah, man. We're not talking about that. But have, I, you seen, have you seen Under the Silver Lake? The uh, the guy who did It Follows, he made a follow up to it. Um, he, there's a sequel to that. It's movie? not a sequel. No, oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's his follow up to gotcha. that film. It's called Under the Silver Lake, which takes place fucking two minutes from where we're recording in Silver Lake. Right. We're recording here in Atwater Village. Uh, and so Silver Lake is kind of how I fell in love with L.A. Like I st- on complete accident, I stayed by the reservoir. I was like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. But so we made a movie that's not really a, a thriller or a horror, but it's more of like this weird uh, Mulholland Drive, Chinatown, like neo-noir mystery, okay, but with okay. a slacker protagonist. And there's just a line in it where he's like, I know it's not popular to say, but like, I fucking hate the homeless, man. But the whole <laughs> point is like he hasn't paid his rent in four months and like he's uh, a fucking piece of shit. The only thing that keeps him from being homeless is that he somehow keeps avoiding eviction. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like, I don't know. If, if you get a chance, watch it. It's a really awesome L.A. movie and I, I love it a lot. So. What's it called? Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll add it to the the pile of recommendations I have from you. Right <laughs> I've recommended I, a lot to you. Right I'm after sorry. I finished <laughs> at least three books, but uh, we were briefly getting into something, and you got nervous, and that got me excited oh, because okay. of my kinks. Don't kink shame, but sure. I wanted to bring this up, shifting gears. Like one of the things I did want to talk about was uh, this game, Detroit Become Human. Okay. Which, yeah, I wanted to like just give my thoughts on it a little bit, and like. Do a little bit of an Android talk. With as you. long as you don't mind me uh, annoyingly cutting in every with every question no, I have, because no, I, no. I have some structural no, questions that, that, I need. That's, okay. that's how like I trusted that you would do that. But, sure thing. All right. uh, so uh, basically, it's one of those games where it's people would say it's not a game, it's a movie. But what's well, the Quantic Dreams guys? It's the yeah. guys who did uh, Heavy Rain and uh, the Ellen Page Beyond Two Souls yeah. game. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, a telltale type game. Like they're not like the first ones to do that, but they've been making he's been making them for a long time. It's like David Cage. Is yeah. That David Cage. Uh, 2006. Heavy Rain came out. Yeah. yeah. And then there was this game called like For- Fahrenheit. I think it was called. He like did. That was before. Oh, before. Yeah. Before yeah, Heavy yeah, yeah. Rain on the PS2. Yeah. I remember that because that was back in the day of like people starting Machinima and people dubbed like one of the cinematics. It was like really intense. I was like 12 years old watching this cinematic of a guy like who killed himself <laughs> on the toilet. I was like, he, he's talking about farting. It's like, God, I'm glad I never played that game. But this game puts you in the seat of three different characters and you play as only androids. And it's called Detroit Become Human. So it's just make supposed to make you feel like these things are more than uh, an android. And Robots. I, I had this mindset immediately. It's like, well, it's a computer. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't care about it. Like, I, is, I don't care how real it seems. Like, it's made to have sex with and clean your house. Right. Like, let's be real. That's like, where you start. You're like, it's a clever lie. Don't yeah, believe it. It's, it's wires like, and circuits. Like, like it, it, freaking when out. it first started, I was like, all right, like, this is what smartphones will become. Sure. You know, and there's some really interesting things it does in the beginning of the game where it makes you do menial tasks. I was like, all right, I get it. Like, I'll do my laundry, you know, but it'll have like, clean the house you know pick up like dishes and stuff and then 
another mission with a different character who's like a guy who likes robots and then you know he something happens and he kind of becomes like you know the robot but you're just doing a menial task for someone Mm -hmm. like imagine if you had like someone who could just go to the post office and run all those like stupid errands that you don't need to do sure you could have someone go do it for you and like that was interesting to be put in that position so I actually, I really dug it, and I thought that it reminded me a lot of Blade Runner, and I wanted to ask you, I guess, just to throw you the ball for a second so I can take a sip of my coffee. Um, where where do you think, like, they will go with this? Because the thing that, like, baffled me about it, like, they play it off that it's, like, it's a glitch. They're deviants, you know? Like, they weren't intended to be this great, but it's, like, can't you, like, how is there not, like, an immediate, like, oop, uh, retardation firmware update, like, ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. So, listen, if you're talking about real world stuff, I mean, most people who are really smart tell you not to fear AI. Like, fuck Elon Musk, by the way, who doesn't get it. <laughs> I mean, because they say, like, hey, there's a power switch. Like, there's a there's a, a plug to be pulled. I, I, know, I know Terminator has, like, conditioned us to be like, like it's self-aware. There <laughs> is no plug. We yeah, got rid of the plug. It's not how it really works. And people say to kind of be aware of that. But I, uh, like... Again, to be, can I take it to an artistic place for a second? Yeah. Did you watch Her by Spike Jones? I love that movie. Right. And so kind of what we were talking about earlier, I don't want to tell my story idea that we were talking about earlier, but it does it not kind of fit the same description of like, what is a platonic relationship? There's no physical gratification to that relationship, yet just having someone who is unabashedly and unbiasedly able to listen and talk. And it's, to, the thing is, is that in a way, like it's sub physical because it goes like direct into your mind. Sure. But let me ask you this because you played the game as a cynic, right? You played the game as I, like, I you're played, a fucking bot. I played <laughs> like, the game as a robot, but then I thought that I would like uh, the guy who plays Mr. Krabs, like he shows up and I like that character and he was hating me the whole time right. because I was trying to say things to him that would please him and like the game sees right through it and <laughs> and, and it pissed me off because I was trying to do the right thing and it even happened at the very end like when you become robot Jesus basically like when you're like because i did everything non-violent except for when you speak on tv you you hijack the station i shot one guy because he was running away i was like oh and i shot him dude the game throws these quick decisions i know and you have to do it and and, and i and i honestly like next time i play it i'm gonna be smarter about it but i was protesting the whole time and then the human tricked me at the end Mm. and i made the worst choice in the game and beyond that like i just got the sad ending overall (laughs) like the there's a little girl who's getting abused by uh, a dad and like the robot gets brought in and like, that's one of the creepier moments where it's like, you know, it's in the building and you don't know who you are. And then you see this creepy dude behind this robot and like he's, you see him like abusing the little girl. And then like, they have a moment where you break like your firewall or whatever. And it's like, I'm going to like stand up for this. But then at the end you find out that the little girl was a robot too. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it got so you. Weird. It was all an experiment. Man. Yeah, and and then at the end, dude, they both died. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, I found so the sad. revolution, and and then because I didn't choose the violent choice in that, like, right. they died, or I didn't. That was the other character who I needed to get him to be convinced that robots are human. There's okay. three playable characters. Okay, so two things. I want to say, I, I, let's have a conversation about peaceful revolution versus violent revolution in a second. What I wanted to ask you in in regards to her is do you think that the relationship that I think her name is Sam in the movie and yes. Joaquin Phoenix yes. experience, yes. is that fake? Is it real? Like, what does it mean to that person? Like, I how mean, significant is the, it? The relationship 
is real, so to speak, but the person is not. Sure, but 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 does that mean that what they feel between one another, right? But also, by the way, in the movie, they make a point to say that she's not just an AI. She's learned. That's why she leaves them at the end. Oh yeah, that she's she is this real fucking person and as a real person like you can only experience like heartbreak and like you you know what i'm saying but that's so a, that's why i think i like these things is like i can't wrap my head it's like uh, oh sure not yeah. a real person right but, like <laughs> just the fact that it ends in that beautiful you know double-edged sword the melancholy yeah. yeah it's i i like that but like uh, she's not though like fuck that like you just you get the update sure and say, like, but she's mine. do we see joaquin in that movie in the beginning being one person who's so afraid to engage the mere reason he goes and gets this thing is because he is so frazzled by the rest well, of life I that he doesn't that, do it but is he changed by the end of the movie like i think that he gets that as a distraction but then it ends up being more than he bargained for because you see that he's clearly interested in having a partner like very early on in the movie but he just it's not like he wants to kink shame people, but he's just like, he's doing that whole like, no one understands me. And, sure. And, but and he's in a weird position too. Like, that's what's so great. Like, I love the movie. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to like, oh, of course, you know, of course, like, of course. Sucks. But like, it's just his character is so strange having that, uh, that mentality of like, I'm a writer for love letters, you know? And like, that puts him in a weird position in how he's never really had like a direct connection with someone but he knows how to be distant and still be very intimate right so i think that plays into his personal well again but that's what's pretty what's pretty about that is this affectation he can pretend there, oh, listen there was a show in the 90s on tnt called the pretender i never watched it what i remember about it was the tagline is he could pretend to be anyone <laughs> Except in love. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> holy shit. And that's what her reminds me of. I'm like, uh, sorry, because that, that literally, I think about, I, I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, he can't pretend he's in love, Dolores. Uh, but anyway, so it's like, what we know is this, is is walking a different person. Is his progress measurable? Is that progress real? If that's the case, how can you look at the relationship and say that that's not real? And I'm saying that in regards to Detroit, which is like, what does it mean to be alive? And what is the sentience of things? Just to give you an example, I bet you'll really like this. This will hook you at the beginning of the game. That guy who becomes like the, the chosen one robot, he's an assistant to this like once famous artist who's still painting in his house. Mm. And he's, he's like a father-son relationship. But that's the guy who you first start doing the menial task, just like the other robot. But they have a, like a closer bond. Mm. And then you see this guy, uh, the artist, his son come into the picture. And like the fact that he's jealous of this robot, like that's a, it's a very human emotion. And that's, of course. that is like a very important relationship for some people. Well, here's my thing. Whether that, whether that game is great in terms of like what a great game means or whatever, it sounds really thought provoking in a it, way that that's is. the accomplishment. Yeah. And I think that's always been their greatness is like they don't make great technically proficient but games. I think like that they're getting better at it because the thing that I had the problem that I don't have a problem with this that I had like problem with the other ones is like, even with Telltale games, it's like, guys, like, I I want to reset. Like, I'm tired of fucking, like, slowly, like, sombering, clicking A on these things. Like, right. it's like, and the spark is gone. And the game knows that. So the story will jump. It'll take you to different not places. Not even that. Yeah. It's set up in scenes, like a movie. Like, yeah, I guess it, so. But, like, it's just, it's scenes that, like, five minutes, you know? And then, like, it'll show, like, this is the path you took. These were other options. These are locked. And now that you are set on this path. So nice. it's yeah. it's really interesting. It's like a telltale game that isn't a diamond so much, but just like 
almost just, I don't know what you would call it, like a rope that frails out. Okay. You know, like it's just there's many different directions you can go with it. And it can end sooner or later for different characters. That's cool. I mean, again, that's an achievement. Like, I don't give a fuck yeah. what the critics are going to say. I think video games are very oh, interesting. it was very highly acclaimed. It was. And at the same time, I've heard a lot of people talk shit about the game. And I th- but that's always that's been ridiculous. their thing. I think, I think the point is this, that it's just like when you're making things like that, you're kind of transcending. I think video games are one of the last places where people like people just caught on. In the eighties, it was graphic novels. Like, oh my god, comics! There are video games. <laughs> they exist. Yeah, video games. I feel like just got that credibility in the last ten years. I've gotten in arguments with uh, the the old member of Double Toasted, Patrick Gertz, about that video games are art. Like, it's not does he not even, feel that way? No. He, he See, doesn't. that's that's nuts, because here's the thing. I understand feeling that way about the majority of video games, but even as a kid, I'd play something like uh, like Zelda or Ocarina of Time, or Jeez. as an adult, I'd play Bioshock Infinite or The Last of Us or Uncharted, and you're like, no, we're doing something else. Like, this isn't just, like, the fact that there are so, or Metal Gear Solid, the fact that there are so many cutscenes now are leading you to believe that it's not just about this video game experience that you control like these things are artistically driven you know i I call it like i think it's an extremely artistic medium because the potential is limitless we have not seen the extent of the possibilities of having a controller in your hand and like being able to like explore this infinite possibility in different ways like I could play as a goose or I can do the same thing I've done right. a thousand times. Well, this is why I went to bat for the Wii when it came out. Not because it's a good <laughs> system. No, hold Fun. on. Hold on. Yeah, I went to bat. <laughs> I went to bat for it because I'm like, look, is it the best system? I'm like, no. But what did it do? It kind of forced people like and I'll tell you how you know for a fact that it worked. It forced other companies to be like, well, what the fuck? What are we doing? And for better or for worse, the Wii's legacy is it changed the way we think about gaming. Oh, I to think th- that was a big step for VR. And I think VR right. is going to well, take Well, you nailed it. Because step. Connect and PlayStation Eye and now full-on VR and shit like that. VR has been speculated for a long time. Oh, yeah. But, but we came to this idea like, oh, it's tangible. We saw the weed do it. Mm-hmm. That was the stepping stone to the next great fucking idea. And so that's why I go to bat for it because I think like – Gaming is still the is still the arena of art that isn't settled. That's what's so fascinating about it. We more or less know what TV is going to do. Yes, every now and then people will come along. Bandersnatch, and, which is a playoff of video games. I, but you thank you for bringing that up because that is the kind of hybridization yep. that we are going to see in the future, and people are going to make that great. People like James Cameron. I mean, that's something that they've toyed with a little well, bit. I mean, didn't I believe Final Destination three? There was a version of the game was there? Movie. Yeah, where that's you could nuts. choose what that's do they fun. do. Like, does he sit down or does he stand no, up? Those films don't get the credit they deserve, goddammit. But Dude, Final Destination, man. <laughs> they're, they're an iconic They're pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting thing is, like, uh, films are settled more or less. Uh, TV is settled more or less. Of course, every now and then people come along like, whoa, we haven't seen that before. And in a way, like, people hate this, but Marvel, like, innovated t- uh, movies in a way that people didn't quite see it. Kind of like the way that Breaking Bad evolved television. Yeah, but see, we had this conversation last time, which is like Breaking Bad, and I really adore Breaking Bad. Twin Peaks. Peaks. I think Twin Peaks is the original Breaking Bad, obviously not in tone or content, but in the idea that like before Twin Peaks, people didn't shoot TV on film. They didn't shoot in the proper aspect ratio. They didn't shoot trying to make it look cinematic. Breaking Bad, absolutely. I would say Breaking Bad is the most beautiful show ever shot. Yeah, but just to bring it all the way back. Sure. like, if people out there, if you haven't played God of War or The Last of Us, like, people shit on The Last of Us, and I'll... Do they? I'll, me- I'll wow, explain why in a God, second. Yeah. But The Last... Or, sorry, God of War, that game is through and through a game, 
but it it cherry picks the right elements from something like Heavy Rain or something else like that that makes it, brings it in and makes it intimate. I mean, a lot of people talk about in that game that it's one single shot. And I think that that's something that video games should embrace. I mean, something that did that back in the day, even though it was first person, was Half-Life 2. And that was considered big back then. But a game that no one mentions that that did that was Dead Space 2. A game that's a ripoff of Alien and the Thing and the camera never cuts and it gets really close and it moves back. Well, that's why I always loved that because especially because there was no quick way to turn around in that game. So you're just like, oh, God damn it, I gotta turn around. There was a a button to do that. Oh, was there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Christian needs to go back and replay Dead Space. I could have swore the whole idea because I thought it was was by design. Like, Doom 3. Doom 3 is something that's super divisive with fans, but I always loved it because Doom 3 allows you to have a gun equipped or a flashlight. But at no point do they allow you to mount that flashlight on the gun. Unless you install the right mod. The mod is what had happened. And I was like, well, you're taking away the deliberate design of the designers who were just like, listen, you can see what's coming at you but not be able to shoot it or shoot it but not be able to see where it is. I I can't remember if, like, they updated the game, like the BFG edition that's out on all the systems. I wonder if they added that in, that the light I really hope not. I thought it was such a genius idea that you could... Like, because we're scared of what we can't see, but if we can see it, we can't do anything about it. The reason it's so divisive is, like, Doom is supposed to be, like, what your mom thinks a video game is, you know? (laughs) Okay. It's, yeah, dude, it's you're killing demons in outer space. Yeah, it's great. That's the most cliche But that's what they did in the third one. No, and and they do it the best, and I'm really stoked for the new one. But I think that, uh, just to mention what I was going to say, The Last of Us, people don't like it because, to some of them, the gameplay isn't that special. To me, it really sucked me in because I like to play games in a stealthy way. Mm-hmm. And that game, like, it brought to your attention, you know, how many enemies you killed. Like, spoilers, I guess. Have you not played it? Or I love Last of yeah, Us. It's wonderful. It's, yeah. I think for, man, I think that still God of War is really close. Like, I love the, the fucking journey of that right. thing. But the ending of The Last of Us like really had a strong impact. Yeah, I mean, like if you don't mind, so it's like God of War, th- uh, the the new one, four, I guess. Uh, is I mean, I beat all the other God of Wars and I liked all, them. All six of them. I liked them, but I'm gonna be honest, I didn't give a shit about them the way I cared about this one. I think God of War three does int- like I think the original trilogy of just seeing like. I am the god of war. Yeah. Like, all that shit. The like angriest just, man in gaming, Kratos. He's so angry. He gets dude, in therapy. That was, like, like, the one thing that he didn't say in the game. Like, I used to love when you would do your electricity move in God of War 2, and he would go, I am the god of war. Right. Like, right. Oh, God. I wanted him to say that so badly in the new one. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, while I like those a lot, like, a weird comparison, I compare that almost like the Grand Theft Auto series, which is, like, to be honest, I didn't beat any Grand Theft Auto game until the fifth one, because the, the fifth one had come compelling characters and dramatic stakes and like betrayal and turmoil and brotherhood and shit and this new god of war even though i beat all the other ones i liked them but i looked at them more or less like well they're sort of like dante's uh, uh, uh what's it called devil may cry devil may cry yeah yeah thank you i'm Beat-a-box. like they're hack and slashes like they're good they're fun the, but this one brought emotional stakes and i thought that was a cue they took from last of us to be honest yeah. where like oh they definitely i did. mean for sure it's last of us yep. in this weird nordic fucking like father-son moment it's beautiful yeah. so last of us i always really liked and i like what you're saying it's like oh it made you very aware of like i had to kill six of these fucking things you know what i mean like not you never... even just that it's more like literal about it it's right. like dude at the end of the game like you're going it's like this guy has killed all our men it's like oh, right. yeah like these people i'm killing like there's there's stakes to it it's not like you know like hordes of enemies like that's what i'm getting so sick and tired of in video games it's like 
tons of robots. Well, as as any good narrative, and I think The Walking Dead comic does pretty well, not the show. <laughs> but it's like the, 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 the bigger monsters always have to be the people who are yeah, left. It's sure. not the, the threat that should unite us. That's what's mm-hmm. fucked up. We should be united now, but we're not. Like, uh, So I think that's always fascinating. And I, to the point where like I'm so excited about uh, Last of Us 2, I know everyone freaked out because they did that video of the kiss. And, and I'm sure you know this. Yeah. You're a video game guy, which is yeah. like, people don't know how to animate kisses. That shit's really fucking hard. And it was like, I saw that preview and I was like, oh my God, they nailed it. I like, mean, <laughs> I, I was just so like, there's like sometimes, you know, you can just go off and like trust it. Like it's kind of like how I, I wish I could feel still about Christopher Nolan where like I just I watch something and I'm like, doesn't matter how this trailer goes like it's gonna be dope like tenet could be like really stupid like, i think it's a sequel inception on the low by the way it might yeah. be but like there's a line in the trailer it's like the guy's like what happened here he's like it hasn't happened thing. yet it hasn't happened yet i was yeah. like okay like that that's a stupid line guys but the point i'm trying to make is that just if they believe in like how i really want to feel about a joker sequel if they believe in doing it then I want to trust them that they will do. They will follow the path the way it should. Listen, go. I'm ready to go back and and make Inception a bad movie. And people love that movie, but it's got fucking flaws, man. It's all it's, over the place. It's one of those movies that you can give pardon to because it's a dream. <laughs> I, I mean, like, sure, it starts three dreams deep. By the way, without explaining the concept of the world, and also Ellen Page is supposed to be this architect that does something impressive but never does anything in the movie. I don't know, whatever. It's a fun movie, and I loved no, watching she does it. Things in the she movie. doesn't end up being the messianic figure they're setting her up to be in act one no, that's she, whatever every dream that they go into she's designed mm, that's why they're all shitty and incomplete <laughs> like, is that what you're saying like, I mean, yeah, whatever inception's fine tenant i'm excited for chris Noel. i would say i think dunkirk was fucking wonderful and i was like it's holy not, shit it's oh it's not. really if you thought dunkirk Ooh. was good what I, didn't you like about dunkirk as, I, a, as a purely sur- and i'll give you your just, time to talk sir but give it god damn it give me the floor uh no as a cerebral experience and what film making is supposed to be not relying on a script not relying on actors not relying on this this and that but purely is like you are witnessing events happening as they happen sequentially that is one of the most wonderful fucking film experiences i've ever had which is you're such a fan of 1917 which i was going to ask you like how does it compare to dunkirk which i thought should have won the best picture that year to be honest yeah definitely did not oh god it's so good it's dunkirk is trying to do so much that it just it doesn't do enough like okay. <laughs> it, it spreads itself so thin in the all the right technical directions but it doesn't have what makes a movie memorable and and what makes you really love it and when you get down to brass tacks about a movie no matter what it is you when you truly love a movie there's characters that are compelling or like just to put it blunt like you love the characters sure and, there are no characters. In sure, Dunkirk. but but let me ask there you this. Hold no on, hold on, hold on, because this is interesting. Because now we're going to go into a piece of film conversation, which is like, how do you rank something with a fucking impeccable screenplay to something that is a pure mood piece? Something like Drive by Refn or Under the Skin by fucking whoever did that movie. Drive Hansen. characters, uh, but does it? Yes. But does it really? Yes. Who is the fucking main character? The driver. What motivates him? Who is he before the events of the film? It doesn't what does matter. he do after the film? It, There's nothing but question marks about that. It, but it but my point matter. is this. But I, he was he was still a defined character. By I what? Can, what defines him? 
Go ahead. By, by his actions. His stoic by nature? Yes. Like, no. Dude, that's just, he's just a person. Like, dude, he, he doesn't talk. That's his character dude, trait. He's like, a real human being. That's, I mean, that's what he is, bro. I don't know, man. What I'm saying, though, is I, I adore that movie because it's a mood piece. Because when you do things like mood pieces, you don't you, you get to not have to write a technically proficient script. What you're trying to do is get people to feel a feeling rather than to hear a story. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's like Dunkirk is not trying to uh, make you necessarily tell a story, although it is telling a very important story it's, stretched across miles. It is telling a story. Sure. And there is progress that happens to it. Like, that's a movie I would give that a 6 out of 10. Like, wow. It's, it's technically incredible. All the casting is nice. All the, like, all the technical work is really great. Like, I love the soundtrack to the movie. Like, it was tense, but then afterwards at the end, it's like... That was that like that whole thing with Cillian Murphy this on the is boat. So interesting. I hated it. Dude. This is so interesting. I thought it was so predictable. Wow. And then everything on like the airplane, boring, dude. Wow. Like it ended up being let nothing. Me, me, and and hold on. And sure. the group of soldiers. I, I didn't know any of their names. I don't You're care. not supposed to. Like that's the point. <laughs> what if it was just saving private? It'd be like who? Yeah, Saving like, Private Ryan's an incredibly overrated film. You know that, right? Like it starts off wonderful and it has a lot of third act problems. Like oh my it's God. asterisks rolling my eyes. Asterisks. <laughs> I love it. No, I mean here's I guess what I'm saying to you is like, why does that need to be told? When you watch Drive, you never even learn his name. You don't, I don't know anything know about his, him. You don't need to know the names, dude. You just need to find something that makes you care about. Like it needs to. You need to have someone I can you can latch on to, you know, like someone you can be like, but how are you not latching on to just the fact that like 18 year old kids are lost in a country that they don't know? Like you're supposed to latch on to all of them. I don't know anything about them. I I don't discover anything about them. I don't, I don't see anything about them because like, okay, hold on. Can I ask you, let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Okay. No country for old men. Totally different. Not a war movie. Not technically proficient. Amazing movie. Interesting that you say that. Okay. Cause that is a movie (laughs) that constantly fucks with your conventions about what the character is supposed to do. Our protagonist. So we think dies at the end of the second act, not even the third act. Right. We find out all these different things that happen, but you don't get any closer. Like it's not a movie about someone who over, comes it's not a movie about anything really if you think about it it's about how the darkness will always win that's yeah. really the unreliable that's yeah. that's it dude and, and about a guy who at the end you find out oh Tommy Lee Jones is our protagonist the whole time and the world has yeah. passed him by as an old frail old man but you like that you're okay with that even though you don't really know those characters I, I either th- well it's because I think the villain was interesting Anton Chigurh yes. okay it's, it's so compelling hello friendo like, yeah that is mesmerizing because when I see moments like that, I can see a history. Like, that's why good movies, that's why people like Quentin Tarantino, because he's really good at writing these characters that you can really get behind. And, like, you can see them for five minutes and they mention, you know, the big kahuna burger. And it's like, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the whole thing. And with, uh, with Dunkirk, I got none of that from any of the characters. Yeah, but like, I think that's... It was just so vanilla. I was like... No, no, no but Julia... This is, this is background hold on, movie. Hold on. Hold on. I don't like that because I think what you're doing is you're... you're, 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 you're mistaking... I'm trying, it sounds like I'm putting movies into a single box. No, not at all. Not at all. What I think you're doing is you're mistaking design for failure. I think by design, that's what... The, he didn't even have a script for the film if you've learned like the, the lore of the movie. And I think, one, you could be like, it shows, but... <laughs> hold on. Resist the urge. Say. Resist the urge. What I think he's trying to do is he's just trying to display a 
historical event without the biases of like, this is a story about good and evil. It's a story about this bloke who lost his dad to the Nazis in the first war. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it just tried to tell an event as it happened. The event itself is miraculous. The event itself that fishermen, that plain people on boats on the England decided to sail across the channel to save their boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the important part. So what we're doing is just having these characters that fill in the perspective, not the character, but the perspective. The event is the character. Okay. And that's why I really dug it. And on a technical level, I think you've already given its praise, so thank you. But let me tell you, watching that in 70 millimeter with that digital surround and when, when the fucking like planes are on the beach, it's like, um, oh, my it's, God, it's incredible, man. It's amazing looking, but it's all a facade. It's all technical stuff, dude. There's no story there that makes it the really sure, but in the same way, be. no, there's no story in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm glad that we're recording this right now, right? Because you haven't seen 1917. I'll yet. watch it. I'm watching it tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, have, have you seen the the poster? Of uh, course. For the movie, have you seen some of the quotes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one I really liked. It said, "It's like a war on a tightrope." The whole I like time. that. That's a good one. And yeah. I mean, the movie, like I described it as almost. Uh, Abbott and Costello go to war. Okay, and, that's nice. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking amazing. But, but hold on. Don't escape on this. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a movie that I adored, does that not have had, a story. It doesn't. But, but again, to go with what I was saying, it has interesting characters. Dude, Brad Pitt makes change, makes fixing a satellite dish Yeah, but how isn't the story of Dunkirk interesting? That's what I'm saying. It's like you're saying it either needs a story because or it, it needs characters. It feels... It feels <laughs> like mundane it doesn't feel oh, like I, I don't know i just i didn't like those characters that's crazy that's fine i'm not gonna try to convince you i'm just trying to say and look again i loved once upon a time in hollywood but it is not a story driven thing no unlike most driven. unlike most tarantino just things like joker uh, most Tarantino things are very genre and story driven with wonderful characters. This was the opposite. This was no story d yeah, discernible, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it has really interesting But characters. it also felt like him on restraint a little bit, so that was good. I liked it. Yeah, no, I thought it was one of the most like wonderfully nuanced things he's ever done. Uh, and the only thing I would say was better nuance is like The Irishman. I thought The Irishman was wonderful, but it's an old, gotta, it's a grandpa movie. Watch that. It's great. It's really, it really is, but it takes its time. It's a grandpa movie. Yeah, like, gonna, it's, I'll take again uh, like a month and yeah. watch it. Well, Watch it in one night, please, yeah, it's, please. It's do like it. seven hours. It's three time. hours and twenty minutes. It's not that long. So long. Like, get I, off. And I truly believe, man, that if you're gonna make a movie, if you can't do it in eighty minutes, watch it, watch it. If you can't do it in eighty <laughs> minutes, then maybe oh, the boy. story is too big. Because All right. The best things are just in and out. What's your like, favorite Nolan movie? Because I promise you, that motherfucker is allergic to making a movie under two hours and ten minutes. Like my he's never Nolan made one. Movie? He's never made a movie under that uh, mark. Memento, probably. Memento, I think, is straight up two hours and fifteen minutes. By no, I, I, I think man. Memento is shorter than that. Right, I'm thinking of Insomnia, maybe. Okay. Insomnia is a long one, but I think Memento is like eighty. But that's because minutes. he had no budget. They're like that was but, necessity. Mm, Let's talk about still. since he's had status. Has he made one movie under two hours and ten minutes? No fucking way interstellar like three hours long all the batman's two and a half hours long and okay shit. it's it's an hour and 53 minutes all right yeah like, i mean length i'm not saying that movies can't be longer like dude how long was midsomar 
Midsummer was like two hours and twenty minutes. But but hold on, more importantly, like Scorsese himself, like Goodfellas is three hours long. And like, it's amazing. It's a wonderful film. Like I think if you have a story to tell, and certainly the Irishman has a story to tell, like you're allowed I to saw take your time casino with casino last year for the first time. Here's my thing with casino. It, I think that is too long. I like the movie, but I'm just like, you don't need that. <laughs> like you know It's it's a bit of jerking off in there. Right. You know? Certainly. It's, it's, it's a bit of like, ooh, look how clever I am. But like there's that scene of watching the money travel, mm-hmm. like that's a great scene. It, it, that Scorsese that has one of those every hook. movie, like because yeah. the Goodfellas is like on the days when the 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 front was packed, we'd sneak in in the back, and it's like yeah. we're introducing like yeah, of course there was Larry the Mo and like all this shit. Yeah. And I'm like, he's got one like the casino has the mood, the money moving scene. And you're like, god damn it, man, it's yeah, fucking that, amazing. Yeah, but, but I I wish that I liked Dunkirk. I wish I did. Yeah, me too, man. I, I very think sad. it's okay, but like I, I saw it once and that's enough. I'm also I don't like war films very mm. much. That's a thing. what do you think that's about? Huh? What do you I, think that's about? I don't know, man. I yeah. I didn't like uh, Black Hawk Down. Like it's I not just, a good movie. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good movie. Like, and oh, I forgot there was like I don't know. Anytime I'd see some modern war stuff, I would just it would just have you watched like eyes. the two big ones? I mean, they're bigger ones, obviously. But uh, Full Metal Jacket and Apocalypse yes. Now. Okay. I have uh, Apocalypse Now. It's Coppola, I, man. I, I think I have. As much that. people as much as people want to say the conversation in The Godfather, Godfather 2, I go to bat. I'm like, Apocalypse Now is the best film he ever made. It's wonderful. Okay. And it's Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Yes. Yeah, oh, it slipped yeah, yeah, my yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the scene in that, I actually, I think it's uh, a little bit long, but I think that it's so classic. Dude. It's a like, great movie, man. It, its influence will never stop. Sure. Uh, I think that has, I think, one of my favorite intense moments. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, the moment in the movie when they find another boat and right. they're like, hey, what's in that basket? And like they draw guns right. and it gets really intense. And then there's puppies. Yeah. And like it's such a it's an amazing moment of levity. Oh, here's, that, a, here's a random thing that I was. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because did you misremember that scene? Because, yeah, it's puppies. Yeah, they, and then they shoot everyone. But they shoot them. And yeah. then you find out it's puppies. That's oh. not levity. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, my oh, God. Really? I yeah. thought that. Because that's the end. So that movie was so long that they had to split it on the DVD release. So that's where they split the movie. And it's Martin Sheen being like, we got to get up river. And he shoots the fucking woman. And you're like, oh, my God, man. man. I like, God, I thought yeah. that. No, dude, it's dark. That whole movie is so dark, dude. So they get the puppies afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah I thought up. that they killed them after. No. Yeah, because the girl runs to protect the little puppy. And then she gets shot. And then they find out afterwards that it's puppies. And it's fucked But that's up. still like before yeah. they shoot everyone. Sure. Or, or sorry, after they shoot everyone, I guess. <laughs> right. That's still a moment of levity. It's like, a moment of like war is hell, ain't it? Like, <laughs> like I think I don't know. It's fucked it's up. It's like it, it's just a moment of pure life coming through, like you know, all this misery. What is it about war films that specifically you think that don't resonate with you? I don't know. I think that war is like just sounds super hippy dippy. I think war is is dumb, man. Sure. What's the point, bro? But you know, we were talking about my 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 grandfather earlier. My grandfather fucking lied about his age, went to war, fought the Nazis when he was 15, and wow. then and then had a purple heart and said, "Fuck it, I'm going to Japan." And he island hopped for two more years. Um, he's not a great man, by the way. Just <laughs> just because he fought, I don't want to make that mistake. He's a quote unquote 
veteran. Yeah, but what I, but what I want to say about him is that there are undeniably narratives within war. War is this thing that is as old oh, yeah, as human man. beings, right? Like we've always I mean, been it's at war. It's a classic narrative. Sure. So I think it's interesting that like it's it's not a genre that necessarily uh, resonates with you, even though there's certainly stories because because killing, I think we all agree, is mostly wrong. But somehow even the Bible's like, unless it's a war. That you can kill all I you think want. it's just you know growing up like just the way that World War Two was explained to me mm-hmm. and like how was it explained to you? It Let's explain- flashback. <laughs> I, I mean, it was explained to me like you know this is when like the, the that uh, a big part of Germany was like yo you I don't like you if you're Jewish, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's over for you, man. Like right. come to this summer camp that's not at all a summer camp. <laughs> And it's just, it was portrayed to me as just this whole, like, just disgusting thing. It's, like, almost like history, like, repeating slavery in a way. It's like, let's abuse oh, the Oh, I'm not saying slavery is cool or, or, <laughs> no, or like, like, war my, is cool. My point <laughs> is, is, like, I just, I was explained into a way where it's, like, someone's like, hey, you should relate to everyone who died in that because they're just like you and they would have killed you for the same reason. Sure. And it's like, oh, wow, that's that's horrifying. I don't want to think about that. And then I, I, I read probably in middle school because they forced me to read so much that I, I read Anne Frank's diary and it was it yeah. was worth a lot of book points, man. I had to <laughs> had to take those book tests. They make you read the cool version or the edited version? Dude, I read the unabridged. That was an extra three points. Did it, but did it have like all the sexual shit? Because like so so her dad is the one who put the diary out there. Maybe and not. he cut out a couple verses. He cut out uh, the fact that she wanted to fuck the guy she was with in the cellar, which is normal. She was a teenager. I'm not yeah. being weird. And that she called her mom a bitch, basically. <laughs> like he's like, oh, let's just take these out. <laughs> you know, let's yeah, make my I mean, daughter look pure. It was the diary of a, of a young girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's Does that fuck with you? Let me ask you this, because I'm so barely Jewish, and I feel like you more super identify Jewish than I do. Which is like, you don't feel slightly offended that they took a poor girl's diary, the most intimate thing that you can possibly have, and no, said, dude, "Read it." Like, I, I'm of the belief that we're lucky to have that shit. Like, that's important. Really? Like, especially because it's a book, you know. That sure, if it was the crux for us to believe that the Holocaust happened, because there are some fucking creepy fucks who are like, "It's the greatest hoax in American." I don't know why I became Bernie when I said yeah. that. Who is Jewish? Uh, <laughs> but like, they say it's the greatest hoax of the 20th century or whatever. It's like it, it, disturbing. It, if it was the linchpin, if like, oh, but we found Anne Frank's diary. If it was the Old Testament have of the you, Holocaust, have like, you seen that that film? And maybe it's like. I always had in high school this idea. I just I never liked war films, but the more you know, like media like came about that, I just I really uh-huh. just was sick of seeing it. And uh, in in uh, film school, I saw this short film where they they basically like discuss this idea of like people calling the Holocaust a hoax, mm-hmm. and then you see them like just exploring like these camps the whole time. It's not a very long film, but then oh, like, I've seen it. The yeah. last couple minutes mm-hmm. of them is like they they drive up like some dirt, and there's like bodies. Like there's mm-hmm. just all these piles of bodies, and just then it like starts showing you the real shit, like all the bodies that were left behind. Right. It's, 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 so it's listen, just, there's this crazy thing. So that's I think that's why maybe war. Just to answer your question, like that's well. Here's the thing. So culturally, if you want to identify with some kind of strength or whatever, so you've never seen Schindler's List, but can I tell you what the no. final scene of Schindler's List is? Because it's really pretty. I mean, I would rather not. I'm oh, one of those people, I don't like so spoilers. Pretty. I mean, it's I'm so sure. Pretty. I think I have an idea. Like, is it? It's in black and white, and then there's like a red dress. I think right. It's not in the final scene. The red okay. dress is throughout that whole film. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'll I'll put that on my immediate. To watch this. Okay, you really um, should watch it. Uh, it's, it's got a very poignant yeah. ending, and like, uh, and I've seen scenes from it. And uh, what's the name of the actor who's in it? Liam uh, Neeson. 
Is it Liam, is it Liam, Liam Neeson, Neeson plays yeah, Oscar Schindler? Who, who yeah. else is in it? There's there's one more. Actor. There's a couple people. I'm the, fucking the guy, up on who's it. Who's the guy who played Gandhi? I always forget his name. Uh, Ke- not Kevin Klein. Um, um, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah, isn't Ben Kingsley in it? Too? He might be. I don't I fucking remember. I think yeah. I saw a clip with him. I mean, it looks really good. And maybe I'll really dig it. I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure I'll like it. It's Spielberg doing it. Let me ask you this. Cause, I mean, do you mind if we get into a religious place? I know we've been going for an hour, but are you sure, okay with this? I'll sound really dumb. No, no, you won't sound dumb because I'm secular as fuck. There's no dumb. What I wanted to ask you is the dichotomy because I was never raised Jewish. You know what I mean? So I don't I mean, have I mean, I wasn't even really but, raised but, Jewish. Is the thing. But the difference is I think you probably at least culturally identified as Jewish, which yes. I never did. Yeah, I de- my parents were like, yo, you're Jewish. Thank you. Okay. So my point there is that dichotomy between being culturally Jewish and religiously Jewish, but also realizing that being culturally Jew and religiously Jew meant no difference to the Nazis. Like, they would have killed you regardless. So I've always wondered, that's fascinating, like, do you have this deep well of spiritualism because of that? Because I know I have Jewish blood in me, but I don't draw from it, really, and I think it's a beautiful tradition. I think that I always, like, like, I'm not a very religious person, and like, at all. But I think that I always like had some like want to believe in spirituality, so mm, to speak. Right. You know, like I, I want to believe there's something, but I know there's nothing. So I, I more associate with being atheist, I guess. Okay. But then it wasn't until I went like to Israel and like being Jewish like really meant something. They like, get you there. It yeah. was just a label. But like then they're like, you know, this is why we're all here, you know, like because this is where we were brought after the Holocaust. And I and, mm-hmm. and I think I mean, yeah, that, no, Israel's a complicated conversation. Exactly. Yeah, like, like, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like, dude, imagine being evicted from your home and then being forced to go to rape camp. And then once you get thrown out of rape camp, it's like you're with all the other people and you're just like you get brought to this place and sure. people tell you you have this. And it's like that's all they had. And I don't have any specific feelings of like, dude, I, I like, right. Everyone has cast a stone. I don't think anyone has not been stupid. I think the Middle East is just a mess. And I don't think that anyone is more right than anyone. I think it's sad, but I had a really cool experience when I went there. And, I mean, you kind of winced a little bit when I said that it was all that people had afterwards. But Well, I mean, it's a nation that was taken from other people who already lived there and said, this is yours. And whatever. I look, again, I understand it practicality-wise. it's it's also something that, you know, like, I think, like, there was, like, a... It was an area that was owned by, like, the U.S. military and, like, the British. And, like, there's a whole argument of who really controlled the land. And it's such a it's such a bizarre thing. But we've gotten to like, okay, we're here now. You know, right. like, I don't know how it happened, but like, are we going to just deny the Holocaust and say that it is all oh, we're not denying the Holocaust? <laughs> it's all a no, hoax no, no, no. to make Israel. <laughs> no, sure, sure. I think I think people's and again, I'm not supporting this one way or the other. What I'm saying is I think the argument is like, yeah, the Holocaust happened. You mm-hmm. guys were persecuted. Why are you persecuting a bunch of other people now? Yeah, That's ridiculous. it. And again, I am I'm quarter Jewish. I get I get to complain about Judaism this much and then I'm done. I get to complain about it by 25 percent only. Yeah. And then I stay out I of it. I think Israel is a cool place and I'm sure there's other cool places in the Middle East. Right. I think that there's just a lot of uh, bad vibes, so to speak, right. that are happening. And it's I'm not even going to say who caused said vibes, but I'm sure that an American has affected a few people. Oh, it's us. It's East. us and the British. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely us who <laughs> fucked it up. Like. But uh, just uh, how, how long have we been going? Uh, I, I assume an hour at least. I, I can't read out. the thing. Let's find out. Oh, yeah, hour and ten, my boy. Oh, okay, hour and ten. I guess we can... 
wrap up, I want to bring up the uh, the two movies, I guess, that I saw that I had something to say about. Oh, I yeah. Mentioned Detroit a little bit in the middle just to briefly wrap that up. Uh, recommend it. Check it out. I got it for free. I hope you'll play it and you'll tell me about it when you do. Yeah, I have uh, it. I'm ready to play it. I uh, want to recommend anyone listening to this to please look up my name on Twitch, JHH666. It was my username in college. My mom was so furious when I did that. She's like, oh, my God, they're going to think you're awful. Are the 666, is that as bad in Judaism as it is in Christianity? Like, no. <laughs> my mom just thought it's like, oh, that looks like school shooter energy, which, right. to be fair, that's what most of my dates said when they would come home and see, like, why do you have Slipknot posters? It's like, shut up. Right. But the uh, point is, uh, JHH666 on Twitch, I was playing Detroit, and I'm actually going to replay it, so... I can get a better ending. You're gonna be nicer. You're gonna be nicer. I'm definitely gonna be nicer at certain points, but there's gonna be one point where I'm definitely gonna shoot an android in the head, 100. All right. But uh, that's premeditated android murder, by the way. Yeah. But it's also because there's two other androids in the room who look exactly like her. Oh. And she's the android at the main menu. That was also a funny thing that I'll mention about that. At the end of the game, the android who asks you questions before you start playing again, which is kind of interesting, and you can see how people answered. It asks you, it's like, hey, um, after everything you've done, I watched you play. Can can I go? Will, will you let me be free? And it gives you an option, yes or no. And I was like, no, Why man. Why would you do like, that? You like, I, I want you here on my menu in case I show someone this game. And one of my buddies was watching me stream. He's like, dude, you're a fucking yeah, asshole. Yeah, you're a bad person. Yeah. But then I found out, I went online and looked it up, and people were like, yeah, uh, can I get her back? Like, I missed my menu. Because people would say yes, and she would just walk away. And oh, then man. the menu's empty. Very poetic shit. So yeah. definitely if I had to give it a, a number, like, i give it eight and a half spark plugs out of ten. Okay, I like you know? that. It's a good rating. It's <laughs> like, applicable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's fun, and it's it's kind of, it's the closest I think we've gotten to a Black Mirror video game. Right on, yeah. And just a couple other reviews I want to mention. Let me see. Oh, yeah, mention this one first. At the request of, I'll say, Chris Ayers, someone in the Double Toasted community, and then again, Patrick Gertz, I went to go see fucking Doolittle, and it was... An example of someone Amazing. doing nothing. Oh, no, they did the, little, you might say. Yes, yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to talk about it long because I don't want to promote this fucking That's fair. nonsense. But uh, world do better. Uh, $175 million has never been used so poorly. <laughs> uh, do not recommend. Don't punish your children by making them watch this. Right. And then another one I saw that was actually pretty good. And I wanted to ask you if you were planning on seeing it. I'm sure you have some history with the series. Uh, I saw Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys Life. Okay, uh, yeah, I have a weird relationship with the series, which is just to say that I remember seeing it as like a five-year-old kid when it came out, and then my first day of seventh grade, my teacher wouldn't. He was supposed to teach us about math, and he's like, "I gotta tell you about Bad Boys too. It was good," and he just <laughs> talked about it the whole time. So I was like, "All right," and then I watched it. And here's the thing: that movie is garbage, but also like so much fun i love bad boys too michael bay is like they evoke a lot of michael bay's style this duo i forget their names but you know like flashy fast-paced commercial editing yeah but i heard the difference is like they actually put some soul into it in a way that the others hadn't done before um yeah i mean it has some soul but it's it's a thin veil bro it's they like they would have made all the film school teachers go "Hmm, oh okay okay 
like I feel like that's Michael Bay, by the way. Do you know that Michael Bay and David Fincher went to film school together, and Michael <laughs> Bay was obsessed with David Fincher? That's <laughs> like, so funny. It's a really fun, like, look it up one day, like, the amount of shit. And by the way, I think Michael Bay is just 100% Michael Bay. Like, Fincher was making these, like, dark, poetic fucking short films, and he was just doing, like, uh, like a virgin video, as Michael Bay was. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, man, you obviously like blonde bitches. That's fine, dude, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I didn't mean to derail you. I'm just no, saying no, that. No, no, not yeah. at all. It's just that I think that they nailed his style, but I think that Michael Bay actually, when he does his stuff right, like when he's doing really superficial, like terrible, like mm-hmm. shitty people, it's pretty good stuff. And I wouldn't say that these characters are shitty people. I think Martin Lawrence was like definitely the standout of the movie. But oh, good for him. It's, it's he needed shot. it. <laughs> it's, yeah, he did. It's the yeah. first thing he's done in a long time. Yeah, seriously. And it's I don't think it's shot as well as Bad Boys Two. I mean, you said it's bad, but like, dude, there's Bad Boys Two is like well shot. Yeah, no, no, it's just really a bad well story. Shot. It's like all over the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's they a, go to Cuba at the end of that movie, Julian. I like, think. I mean, I'm pretty sure they do that in the new one. Too. What? Yeah. The, well, at least the borders were open. You know, yeah. cast. Castro died. It was a different Cuba. But back then, we were going to Guantanamo. Like, that third act is fucking nuts of bad boys. But I, I genuinely like that series, like, despite yeah, I itself. I would say that this was probably the weakest of them all, but I had a good oh, time wow. watching. It's like wow. three out of five. I heard it was it's I, very basic, but I laughed throughout. I heard it was the best one. I really did. I heard it actually has emotional stakes and it makes it work. Like, I think that the second one is the funniest one. Well, the funniest, sure. Yeah. And there's that one really good shootout in the second one where they they imitated it in Pain and Gain. I wanted to mention this, where the camera is panning around. Like, that is so cool. And they don't have anything quite like that. They have some fun shots in this. But I just want to mention the funniest part in this movie because I thought, like, some of the lines were funny. And they had, like, a a clever little montage showing the difference between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence's character at this Mm -hmm. age. But uh, they mentioned in the trailer these rubber bullets. And there's this one part where Will Smith shoots this guy in the head riding a motorcycle, and the way that his head knocks back was hilarious, like just <laughs> classic physical comedy. And there was a moment where he had a bump on his head, and Martin, and they do the POV from the bump, and Martin Lawrence like, Mike, I got to do it. I'm sorry. I got I to press it. And, it, and like just watching him touch this bump made me laugh really hard. So it's worth watching on that level. It's like... Like matinee is the right. rating for it, like the double toasted scale. So hey, like, it's worth seeing if you want to see another bad. Yeah, I always thought that we didn't need to wait. Uh, what is it, seventeen Tw- years, years? Yeah, for yeah. a sequel. Yeah, I, so I'm glad they're doing something. And Technically, you know, it's the fourth one. Just to wrap it up here, you know that there was a video game in the series. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Bad Boys Two, the, the game. Yeah, <laughs> but it was the like, third story. It wasn't story. even called Bad Boys Two. So canonically, this is the fourth. Oh, well, I thought I kind of swore it was Bad Boys Two, the game. It was just called Bad Boys, the yeah, game. Yeah, I think oh, it was. So smart they're yeah. like it's a prequel it's also a third movie it could be anything it's bad boys <laughs> yeah but uh thanks for recording this with me man of course Doing man always it's a pleasure man i mean can i plug some stuff really yeah, quick uh right. instagram christian.monster facebook christian leon torres and website uh uh a little fire burning which you're on man oh, you're yeah, gonna release this it's gonna be yeah, awesome this so. is gonna be on there as soon as i figure out what i'm gonna be putting this on it'll probably be on a bunch of different ones i'll We'll probably talk about it of where it could go to just like blast it all out on every platform. Oh, yeah. In the smart way, of course. Oh, but yeah. uh, thanks for watching. Uh, check out my Twitch. Uh, follow me on uh, what's it called? Twitter, Julian the Dinger, and on Instagram, Hemmendinger, H E M M E N D I N G E R. And uh, you can watch my little short video reviews of movies on there and other pictures of bullshit I take. But, uh, Until next time, uh, you have no friends. Bye.